Stephen Kruetis on SAFM. We've been talking about the elections over the last sort of 40 minutes, and part of all of that, I think, is the issue of foreign nationals. And we've seen some evidence of a rise in xenophobia. Uh, we've seen some political parties having... Um, I suppose a policy that would be against migration. We've seen one political party trying to sort of enforce migration laws on the border. I mean, they've got no legal reason to do that. And in the middle of all of that, Home Affairs uh, wants to go through, and I think perhaps correctly, update and change some of the laws around migration. That starts a huge big debate around it. Professor Tuli Madonsela is the director of the Centre for Social Justice and is also the Law Trust Chair Professor at the University of Stellenbosch. Professor Madonsela, good morning. Nice to talk to you again. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, listeners. It's a privilege. You know how strong emotions run around the issue of migration. We probably take more calls about that than anything else. The vast majority of people are talking from their own lived experiences. They see it. They see that they're not getting jobs. They believe that foreign migrants are. We see the debate around the Zimbabwean exemption permits. And in this, we now have to start a big national debate around the kind of migration policy we want. What sort of principles do you think we should follow in all of this? Well, I think the starting point is um, what somebody has referred to as factfulness. The challenge we have now is that we have two extremes. The one that says we have no migration or immigration problem. The only problem we, we is we have a department that is incompetent or ineptitude and corrupt. And then on the other extreme, we have those who blame everything on immigration. So the starting point is the Constitution. What does the Constitution say about the country we're building? It's a country where the Constitution is very clear that we're building a a country that is based on democratic values, social justice, and fundamental human rights. And the end game is an improved quality of life for all citizens and the free potential of every person. And that's where people get get it wrong, is that there is a slight difference between citizens and non-citizens. And therefore, the principles that the minister is putting forth are principles of balancing the duty of the country to its citizens and the duty of the country to ensure that there is orderly government in this world for everyone. But the country's duty is also to be a safe haven for those who are escaping persecution and also in a place of opportunity for those who are bringing skills, investments, and other things that the country needs, where there's a match between what you're bringing and what the country needs. It seems to me that, um, and I think this must be true probably of many places, if the economy was growing very strongly and we didn't have high unemployment, even if we had high levels of migration, legal or illegal, I don't know if this would be such a big issue. No, it wouldn't too much of a big issue. But all over the world, jobs are getting scarcer and scarcer partly because of globalization and partly because of digitalization. So there is never enough for everyone. Um, But you write that um, the shrinking economy uh, is a source 
of scapegoating because now we have everyone or we have those who are anti-immigration and who tend to be xenophobic blaming everything on immigrants from crime to job stealing and even wife stealing. Is there a duty on people who talk about this issue to be quite careful with their words? There is a huge duty. There is a huge duty because the language we use can fuel the flames of xenophobia. But the language we can use also can create indifference to the pain of the working class. I mean, a lot of the people who say, oh, no, 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 there's enough opportunity for everyone. They live in suburbs. Mm. They have medical aid. They Sometimes for them, it's freedom to exploit. Mm. Why hire a gardener who needs to take me to the CCMA if I can hire one in the shadows mm. who cannot take me to the CCMA if I don't pay improperly. So I think we need sensitivity to say it's crowded down there. It's crowded mm. in public clinics. It's crowded in public schools. It is crowded. So that's not a figment of DHA's imagination. It's a reality. But at the same time, um, people of foreign origin are divided into two groups, opportunity seekers and asylum seekers. And the asylum seekers are real human beings like me and you. We were asylum seekers once from this mm-hmm. country. And we want people to have the same Ubuntu that says you're here, not because you want to be here, you're here because you're escaping persecution. And it's a constitutional duty to support you. It's an international duty. Of course, Home Affairs says we beat more than we could chew in terms of the international treaties that we adopted on refugees and and, and, and immigration. I'm not entirely sure that uh, walking back those commitments is going to help us a lot because ultimately our constitution is our North Star and many of these rights uh, have become what is called use cogents, which is customary international law. So whether we've signed the treaty or we haven't signed the treaty, we're bound for them, especially if there's resonance between them and our constitution. But there has to be a balance. We can't have 16-year-olds from um, countries like Korea coming here to retire. <laughs> we can't have people not wanting to be arrested and, and just doing as they mm. please. No, we can't have that. Professor Tuli Madonsela, really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. A sort of broad view, if I can put it like that, around the migration issue. Director of the Centre for Social Justice and Law Trust Professor at the University of Stellenbosch.